Welcome once again to the Ashy Knuckles podcast. Uh, I'm one third of your host station, my man um, Mosey P in the house. Hello, hello. G. What's up? What's up? What up? What up? Um, as you know, I'm Brian Dub, and we got some good recaps for you. Got last week's card, and we got um, this next week's. This next five, we're five days away, actually. Five days away, five sleeps away from a really good rematch in the middleweight division. Marvin Vittori taking on the last style bender, Israel Adesanya. And the first fight went split decision. It was a really good fight. Um, according to Marvin Vittori, a fight that he won. I don't think uh, anybody else would agree with him, except maybe one judge. <laughs> but... At the same time, that fight card itself is gonna be is is fully loaded. Some really good fights on it, and we had some really good fights this weekend. Did you get the um Mo? Did you get to catch any out of action um this weekend? I only saw two fights: the main event, and then I think it's not the co-main event, but the one before it. So Pazanibio and Baeza. Yeah, uh, middle fight. Okay. Santiago Pazanibio versus Miguel Baeza. Really good one. A really good fight. Good matchup on paper, too. Uh, Baeza coming into that fight was uh, 10-0, undefeated. Very promising welterweight prospect. Uh, as we all know, um, Santiago Pazanibio is like one as tough as they come. Um, good contender in the welterweight division. Had a few setbacks, and his last fight, you know, uh, a little rough for him. Things didn't go his way. But watching that fight, what's your take on it? I know it gets a lot, there's a lot of buzz saying that it could potentially be fight of the month, fight of the year candidate. You watch that fight, what do you think, Mo? That's a solid fight. Pazanibio uh, rebounded after his last loss. So, he'll probably be a name to look out for in the welterweight division again. Even though he was, like, unranked after that loss he had coming in, he was ranked before, I believe. And who, who did he lose to? You remember who he lost to his last fight? Yeah, I do, I actually. he lost, and he was uh, one of those, he had high expectations coming back. He he lost to the leech. Oh, Jingling. Jingling. Yeah, Jingling. He got he got he just got knocked out. Yeah, that knocked no. him completely off the rankings, though. <laughs> yep. That knockout said you're you're off. <laughs> you, got, you went from like six or seven or something like that to null and void. Well, there's a reason. For, there's a reason for that. I mean, it was a long fight. He was hurt or something in between fights, right? Right. That's that's the reason why. Um, mainly, like I said, um, you know, was uh, uh, that that fight was on that Holloway Qatar card. ABC. That was the same. What's up? ABC. Everybody yeah. uh, without cable got to see that. Yep. And before that, his last fight before that was against um, Neil Magny in two thousand eighteen. 
So he hasn't had much action. That's why his rankings, that's why he's not there in the rankings. Even given the fact he was on a huge, I mean, like a long winning streak yep. before that loss to Jingling. Jing, Jing Lang Lee, Jing Lang. aka the Leech. Because he went what? I think he was like eight in a row. He ripped off eight fights in a row. Yeah, he was seven on fights a in a row. Solid streak. R- good name too. Uh, TKO Court McGee. He um, unanimous unanimous decision versus um Zach Cummings. Locked out Gunnar Nelson. Locked out Neil Magny. Unanimous decision versus um Mike Perry. So he had some good a, a good collection of names before that. He had a pretty injury riddled basically two or three years. Before he got back in the ring against um Jing Jing Lee and consequently TKO. I saw that fight and yeah, it was that was a pretty bad one. He got he got knocked out. Like legit. This uh Caramel Thundercat though, he's he's gonna be something though. I think so too. And from this was like this is why I want to watch this fight. Like this is what gave me um I wanted to see what he, exactly how he would uh how Caramel Thunder, aka Miguel Baeza, would do with a step up in competition. Cause he definitely looked promising. And I still think he has um the tools to be a contender in the welterweight division. He's uh part of that young, um cream of the, like new like new crop of contenders and I think um He's training he, he out of he uh down south. What's up? Is he training with like one of the teams down south, like top team or something? Yeah, I think uh, he's a top team. The top team? Because it says he's a uh, hometown Fort Lauderdale. Mm-hmm. Mm. I think they were talking about that during the fight that he's training with top team. It says he is fighting out of MMA Masters in Miami. MMA Masters? Yeah. Hmm. They got Ricardo Lamas, Kobe Covington, Cesar Ferreira. Oh. You got, you got a good, good little squad. Barrera's the one that had the really close fight with uh, Barry Ush, right? Yes. Well, they, got a, they, got pretty deep, they got a pretty deep group. It, that's not the old Black Zillions, right? The old Black Zillions is um, Hard Knocks. Hard Knocks. Henry Hoof. Yeah, the, the head coaches at MMA Masters is um, Cesar Carnero, Carnerio, and it might have split into two. Daniel Valverde, what's up? I said it might. Black Zillions might have split into more than one. I know the majority of them and some of ATT actually went to Hard Knocks, and oh. Luke Rockhold, even some AKA went down there. That makes sense. I mean, Henry Hoof's just, he's a genius himself, so if what you get a chance to train fight, Mark? The Ponzinibbio fight? Yeah, which It was a slobber knocker. I mean, they, they both made bad. the proper adjustments. Uh, Beza was killing it the first round. He kept him right in his range. 
He was killing him with those leg kicks and those push kicks. And he looked like he had some clean hands. Second round, Ponzinibbio just said, screw it. I'm locking you down. And got got in close, said, screw your range, and got in his face and had a lot of success in that second round. They both made adjustments for the third and had a pretty good war. I, I wouldn't call it fight of the year like some people are saying. You know, it's... I think this is the first fight of the month, isn't it? The first fight card of the month. So yeah. right now, yeah, it's fight of the month. Fight of the month. You got fight of the night. It can have fight of the month so far of the first week. Somebody so, got to take the lead. Someone's got to take it. So I'll give them that, yeah. that much credit. But yeah, it, it looked good. I think they made the right decision. It sucks that uh, Baeza lost his O, but you know, you got to take those L's sometimes. And I think he'll come back better from it. I have a lot of uh, hope for his future career. He looked really good in that fight, to be honest. Well, Miguel Baeza is no stranger to getting performance bonuses. His last two fights against Takashi Soto and Matt Brown, respectively, he got performance of the night in two different fashions. Um, he knocked out, well, TKO knocked out Matt Brown, which got him the performance bonus. Remember that. And he arm triangled Takashi uh, Soto, so. Takashi Soto, so. Then, um, if he gets to fight of the month for this one, because they got definitely fight of the night performance bonus in this last fight. I mean, he's no stranger to getting to putting on a show. And that's what gives me a lot of promise. Uh, especially, I mean, he's six foot two with 74 inch reach in that 170 pound division. So he definitely has um, a unique frame uh, size and physical attributes. He has to stand up. He has the ability to fight from the ground. He has anything you will want from a championship level contender. So I think that I will, I will keep an eye out on this Miguel Baeza and see how he's going to come back from this. This was a, this was a gritty fight. I, I agree with Mark. I don't think it was fight of the year. And to say it was fight of the month, given that, you know, we just started this month. We're not even 10 days in. Um, I would definitely give it that. It was a it was a great scrap. Miguel came out, Caramel Thunder and this game and his team had a great game plan of keeping Santiago on the outside, punishing him with calf kicks, and that jab was crispy. Right hand was good too. He was able to land the right hand a bunch in the first round. However, um, like you said, I think corner picked up on that actually. Yeah, they, weren't they saying that in between rounds? Mm-hmm. Did you guys uh were able to hear the cornermen talk? Did you Was you didn't that? watch it live, right? You watched the replay, right? I watched, I watched the replay. The replay. You yeah. guys could I, hear that, right? Or was that yeah. am I tripping? They they were speaking another language, but we had a translator. Yeah, 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 yeah. I think I think Ponzinibbio is Argentinian. I understood it. Oh, okay. I'm joking, bro. I'm joking. <laughs> so you uh. Got that, um... Espanola, right? I think so. Si habla mi amigo. Por favor. Por favor. It was good. And that that fight overall, man, I think, like, when I I rewatched, I watched it, like, twice. The first time I watched it, it was mostly just, like, the highlight reel. The second time I watched the entirety of it. And watching the highlights, 
it seemed more back and forth than the fight truly was. The, the fight, if you watch the fight minute by minute, as it's happening, you can see Santiago Ponzinibbio turn it up and pressure by Baeza. Like Baeza seemed at those moments where he just didn't have an answer for what Santiago adjusted to. And Santiago was just doubling and tripling up on a jab, landing it effectively. He started landing his own leg kicks. Because in the first round, dude, he, he could have, he, he had, um, Pon, Miguel had Ponzinibbio's leg in bad shape from those low calf kicks. Yeah. But um, Santiago made some good adjustments. You know, and he, he's, he basically swarmed them, so he didn't let them get off those kicks. He just kept them crowded, kept, kept putting punches in his face, and that was a really good adjustment. And, and basically, that's how the fight went from round two on. It was Santiago, lots of forward pressure, throwing multiple jabs, multiple, um, mostly he was doubling and tripling up on a jab, and then putting like maybe a leg kick behind it or a right hand behind it. Sometimes he would put the right hand and the left hook, but overall, that was like nothing happened from there. That was an adjustment. They, except for the third and final round, where they just was like, "Fuck it, we're gonna trade." Yeah, they were swinging. Yeah. Right. I think both guys knew, like, okay, Baeza knew that he probably won the first, and Santiago was pretty sure he won the second. So I think at the third, at the point of the third round. It was going Ponzinibbio's way, and I think Baeza knew that, like, okay, if I don't do something significant here, I'm probably going to get beat, and I'm going to lose this fight. And they both just, like, let it all hang out. And that grittiness, that toughness that we saw from both guys is um, the deciding factor in that fight being fight of the night, because they, they both went for it. Hey, so tell me about the, the first heavyweight fight. Cause I missed that one. I didn't see it at all, and I was hoping Walt Harris was going to do well. Oh, you're talking about Walt Harris, not the Liar Latifi fight. Oh, I forgot about that one. That's the Uh, first main card. Main main card. Main card. Okay, so uh, Marcin Tabura and Walt Harris. Actually, I don't think it was that bad of a scrap. Um, Walt Harris took control of that right at the beginning. He got a little wild. He was hitting him. I almost thought he was going to get the knockout win in the first round. But Tybura just weathered the storm, somehow stood up, and then hit Walt Harris with a haymaker. And I was just done from there. He took him down, controlled him, and just beat him up. Damn. That's all it was. He got grinded out. Oh, you man. Know? I was I was hoping he'll get, like, a, a win after the whole situation he had went through yeah he's on a three fight losing streak now and you know i've said it before on this i i like walt harris a lot and i i want him to pull it all together and i think he has all the potential in the world but he just seems to get flustered in there now he seems to like get a little ahead of himself get a little wild and then just get caught just like he did with um over him and he had no answers on the ground he didn't. He didn't know how to get back up. Which was Very surprising true. to me. Yeah, and if you look at his opponents in that three-fight losing streak, he lost to Overeem. 
He lost to Alexander Volkov. And now Marcin Tybura. Um, heavyweight divisions, it's, one, it's, it's, it's the only division where you, you're not, even, no matter what the lead is, no matter how well you're doing, we've seen this time and time again where these crazy one-punch shots change everything. Mm-hmm. We saw it with Volkov versus Derek Lewis. We saw it with Overeem versus Jarzinho Rosenstrike, who we'll get to at the latter part of this. Uh, you're never safe. <laughs> there's, no, there's no point. As long as there's time on the clock and that, and that guy's willing to let, let his hands go, anything can happen. And one strike can truly change it, change everything. Um, unfortunately for Walt, this, um, this does create like a situation where he got three losses in a row. The only good thing about that, about that for Walt, is he can get back in there most likely against one of those um, rising stars in the heavyweight division. Because he, right now he's only, he fought like some of the, the championship contenders. Marcin Tiberio is kind of somewhere in the middle of that. Um, but he'll get a chance to get back in there and, um, you know, Get, get some traction, maybe get a win and get a little bit of attraction. He's 37, but heavyweights do tend to have a longer, longer career. So, uh, uh sidetrack though, what's, what's uh, has Curtis Blades got a fight announced yet? I don't think so. Yeah, I don't think so either. I'm it's pretty sure that Derek Luce is gonna fight Francis. Yep, so who's Stipe gonna fight? He can't contest like, like you know, nothing. You know, he got. He's already been out. promised winner of Francis versus uh, Lewis. So he's gonna so chill. He'll hold out. Oh my god! Dana White said since John Jones doesn't want to fight Stipe, he gets the winner. Wow! It it makes sense for Stipe. One hundred percent. Like why? Why would he? He's in a spot. He's in a very similar spot. Um, that he was in when he lost to Daniel. I yes. think it's different though, because he actually beat Francis once before. Remember, he he had to wait for uh, DC to go do his thing, and then let the title fight come back to him. This time, exactly. he actually could say he won once. No, 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 no. Before, when they fought DC the first time, that was their first fight, and he lost off rip. Right? Yeah. He didn't have a prior victory like he does against Francis. So. I'm just saying it's exactly the same because the only thing standing in the way of a title shot for Stipe is Derek Lewis once again. Yeah. Oh, that's my God. You're that's, right. that's exactly what I was going to say, too. It is exactly. But you know what I mean? Like before, he wanted an instant rematch and they didn't right. grant him that. This time, I feel like he deserves it, but I understand where they're going with Derek Lewis for the champion. I don't know if Steve, here's my, here's my take on that. If you get knocked out, I don't think you deserve anything when it comes to a direct rematch, especially for a title. Maybe it's just if it's just like a, a rematch, um, like a like a, like a rubber match type deal where you guys fought, you one and one, and you like want to settle the score, but you're not champion, like uh, McGregor Poirier. versus Poirier, something like that. I don't have a problem with that at all. But when you're talking about the title, 
if you're the champion and you got knocked out, that guy's a champion. The guy that knocked you out is the champ now. You don't deserve anything. You should have to work your way back into the title picture. Um, even with the only way out, the only reason I truly believe that this makes sense that Stipe should be getting, you know, a next title shot is because there's no one else that deserves the title over him at this point. Because I mean, Cyril Gan can say coming up though. That's very true. Cyril Gan can um, say, okay, we should, you know, maybe get us a, a fight between me and you to the side, and then you get back in there. But He's for going Stipe's... To Volkov, though. Correct. And like you said, Curtis Blades, he has a loss. He's coming He's coming off a loss to the champ. Dude, all his losses... Oh, wait. Okay, two of his losses is to Francis. No, it's to the champ. Lewis. That's yep. crazy, man. Right. That's why I was, I was hitting that should Curtis Blades fight Stipe? But if Stipe it makes is sense. probably going to wait. It makes sense for yeah. Curtis... But for Stipe, it doesn't because for Stipe, a loss there is it, he's never going. He's probably never going to see the title again. And even if he gets back in there um, against Francis, I think we're a loss. We're looking at a Stipe retirement. He's I agree, old, man. I, I don't. I don't see Stipe fighting for anything other than the title, or if he doesn't have a chance for the title, I don't see him fighting at all. But a side note from what we were talking about earlier, when we were talking about you don't deserve a rematch if you get knocked out, I agree with you in every division except for heavyweight. Because heavyweight, that can happen at any second with anyone, period. So if you were a decent champ, then you just deserve the immediate rematch no matter what happened to me. I feel you. I, I, I get your reasoning behind why you feel that way. The reason Only why in heavyweight. The reason Only why I take that stance, even in heavyweight, is exactly for the same reason. The guys who are vying for the title, the guys who are working their way up, one loss and that's all derailed. And we know, we, we've seen it over and over again that at any point in heavyweight, one punch can change the entire complexity of the fight. Like a guy can go from being. The hammer, I mean, literally like seconds away from having a dub, i.e. Uh, Pat Berry, check Congo, and then one punch. And now you look at the, you're looking at the skylights. So you can be on the cusp of winning and going forward in your career. We, we look how big of a jump it takes from going, from getting a win to getting the L. How f- crazy the trajectory of your career can go from that one fight. And right, when you're holding other guys up by doing multiple rematches for the same fight, I, I don't think it's fair for the guys who are kind of work, who are putting together these wins. It's like, like well, they supposed to just sit back and wait for you to, because you had a good career, because you were champion and you had a decorated record, they got to sit back and wait for your results before they can push their career forward. I don't know. I, I feel like if you lose, if you lose a close fight as a champion, rematch for sure. But when you get bodied, especially early, like first, second round, I think uh, you gotta let the, you gotta earn your way back in there. Question, question, sir. 
Hello, question? Yes. All right. <clears throat> Speaking of that, what do you damn we're we're going way off track. It's my fault. Right. One we last question. Do. One last question. No, no. What do you guys think is the worst time when there was a log jam in uh the title fight picture? Like you remember when Bisbing was a champion and he was fighting GSP at middleweight? Yep. yep. Do you guys think that log jam time was worse than when there was um Frankie Edgar against Gray Maynard, all the rubber matches with that, and then Ben Henderson. What do you guys think is worse? And they made an interim belt though for middleweights. This yeah, yep. Oh, that's the worst. You didn't Ooh. even mention the worst, Conor McGregor. Yo, he never he up two nothing. divisions at the same time. He didn't yep. defend nothing. Yep, nothing. Oh, he certainly, yes, he did mess up. Oh, my God, he did mess it up. Jesus. You want to that, talk about logjam? He was straight up constipation. Hey, he <laughs> could fight Aldo again at, like, 155 if he loses to Poirier. I'm good with that. And I'm pretty sure Aldo would gladly accept. Yes. And I would gladly <laughs> pay all the monies for it. Yep. I'm curious to see Aldo at 55. I might try to go to it, depending where it's at. Where it well, depends where it's at. <laughs> You know what I'm saying? If it's in America, I, I might I might try to clear my calendars. <laughs> so if it's in Brazil, you would like to get your vaccine shots and head well, on to South America? I, I, I'm good to go, but I might get robbed. I might pass by a favela and, you know. Hey, man. They're going to take everything from me but my socks. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I'll be walking around butt naked with some socks on. That's when you don't just show up in incognito mode, bro. Black shirt. Jeans, even that they know. They know. Pack light. I played Modern Warfare 2, bro. I heard them talk trash. I understand. There's a there's a whole map called Favela, I believe. So no, that map was ill too. I know. I know. (laughs) I know. Bro, I I really really think that uh okay, so I'm thinking about other times there was a log jam. And the heavyweight division was held up for a while during the Cain Velasquez slash um, Julio Dos Santos wars, and that fight that those wars changed the complexity of both guys' careers, in my opinion. Um, JDS particularly because he was never the same after those wars with Cain, and I think for the longevity of a career, it's probably not best to continuously fight the same guy over and over again. I mean, it's for the championship. I get it, though, because it's like you only get so many opportunities for a chance at the title. Got no choice. Right. The other point I was going to make about what we were talking about earlier is heavyweight's also the only division one fight or two fight winning streaks immediately say you can get a title shot. Yep. It's you have to do the least in this division to get the most. But no. Women's featherweight division. Well, you need every one fight win. in the women's featherweight division. You need is. one win. And you're in there. You're one win. And you're up in there. You get a finish? Oh, man. You get that call. Finish. You get in that call. You, you can, can finish. You in the weight class and get a title shot. Hey, that, hey, that could happen. Why? Easily. It's happened. 
In, fe- in women's featherweight, you get on the mic, get saucy, you, you talk a little shit, and make a nice sound bite. Oh, you up in there? Something quotable? You in there? Yeah, they haven't updated the rankings yet. So. You get your phone in the morning. Is get in the UFC and say that you're a women's featherweight, and then automatically you're in the top three. I'm looking over the rankings right now, and Jose Aldo done moved up to number four in the Bantamweights. That was last week. They haven't updated them yet today. But I didn't, I didn't, we was, you know, we was off because everybody else was off last week. So I'm, I'm paying attention to this now. He moved up to number four? Yep. Mm-hmm. Wow. We've been it, and Garbrandt just got um taken care of. This all makes sense. I I'm bet you didn't move too far down. He only went down one spot. It's, it'll change when uh, Sanhagen and Dillashaw fight, though. Very true. Because there's nobody above them that's going to be fighting. Well, Purians, you know, he's waiting to oh, get yeah. that get back. And Rob Font called out Pure Yan. He said that that's an easier fight for him mm-hmm. than than Jermaine. And matchup wise, he's right. I think he's right, especially given the fact that how easy Cody was able to take Rob Font down. Jermaine will just take him down, control him, choke him out. I think he's right. I don't think Pure Yan would be at least a stand up war, and I think in that. That's Rob Rob's best chance to a path, best path to victory is being in a stand up fight war. He's a he got some right. He got some, he got legit boxing skills. That jab is crispy, bro. Okay, let's get back on track, man. Let's talk about the main event. Main event. Look, I know a lot of the filthy, dirty, stinky casuals. It's our favorite dude. What you mean? Everybody gives. Um, John Zimmerman strike a lot of shit, but I'm telling you, man, he only got like two losses. This our boy, though. Who's that? We love he's him. We love him here, man. We who's love that? Him here. Man, he's so ashy. He's blue. Right. <laughs> he is the ashiest of the ashiest. He's got all the knuckles. Biggie Boy is definitely the embodiment of ashy knuckles for sure. Mm-hmm. He got that. He got that. Uh, ashy knuckle soul. And he got the Ashley Uncle's moment of the card for me. Yep. Damn that. And what? How does this dude always wait into the last ten seconds to land something crazy? Is it like? I, I think he just times that. He's like, oh, I hear the clap, clap, clap. Let's go. Oh, he said it. He said it. He goes, my my corner told me there was fifteen seconds left, so I just went for it. He's starting to make it a career. I mean, he did it against Overeem in the fifth round. He did it against well, now. He just, now just did it again. Um, and that that was. Did you watch? Did you get to watch that fight? Mm-hmm. Mo, I saw that it. Was, I saw it. I saw it. You saw it. Yeah. What did you think, Mo? Back and forth, and until I guess they they say fifteen seconds. Then he turned up the heat real quick, and I was. I was thinking it was going to the second round because I, I read the headline uh, the night before when we was at the tournament right? or on my way home or something. And I was like, damn, I'll just watch it in the morning tomorrow. And I forgot 
because I went to sleep and I didn't remember. I just knew like he won, but I, I didn't know it was one second left in the first round. I thought it was the second round. So when he did that, I was like, "Hey, this dude buzzer beater, man!" Watch every time. It's interesting though when I think about uh, Augusto Sakai because he has some. I mean, he has some like really good wins under his belt. Um, and the Brazilian—he's a young dude at thirty for a heavyweight. He's um thirty years old. He got some really strong wins. He's definitely one of those guys who can, like you said, with a few big wins, can get in that title picture. I mean, he got some. I mean, he not. I mean, he got some. He got the single win over uh, Baglavoy Ivanov. That's he the guy that was uh, stabbed to death or something, right? Almost. Ivanov. He was the dude that got like the big stab. Ooh. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He got a, he knocked out um Marcin Tybura, who just got the knockout win versus uh Walt Harris. He also beat Ovlowski and uh Chase Sherman. He got some he had a good streak going. I mean he did lose the Overeem and he did um I mean to end uh last year he lo- last summer he lost the Overeem TKO um in the fifth round. So that was a Obviously, a championship round fight, and then this fight, I got to watch it, and I was like, so going in, I thought, um, this is a big one, a big moment for uh, Rosenstrike's career because taking the loss here will put him on a path of like being that gatekeeper type guy, where he'll smash all the people that's like bottom fifteen. But he'll be stuck in the middle because he can't get past the elite of the division. You know what I mean? Yeah. He's still in a hard place, though, man. Maybe know. he should fight Curtis Blades. I was going to took the words right out of my mouth. I was going to say that if he, he already, his, his last, when he beat Sakai, he said that I want anybody ranked above me. I'll take anybody ranked above me. And I think that's a good move because him being ranked sixth, I believe. I think he's sixth right now. He'll probably stay in the same spot. Like, there shouldn't be no movement. Yeah, I don't think that's going to happen. He's updated, bro. No, I'm just saying like tomorrow when they update him, I don't think there'll be any movement in general because they can't move Derek Lewis, Gone, or Blades. Maybe Blades. They could like flip-flop Blades and uh, Volkov. If they want to be like frisky with it or something for no reason, yeah, just just cause. But I don't think they're gonna do that. I think they're gonna but, leave it like how it is. Like below that, it might shift. Like Sakai might move down, and Tybura might move up. Well, he should move well, up. That's, 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 Walt that's, that's definitely Walt Harris will probably move down as well. But I'm saying in the top five, none of those are moving. No, name top five sees the same. And I do like, like you said, I do like that matchup of Curtis Blaze versus Rosenstrike. And it's um it's definitely a clash of styles because you know we know what Curtis wants. Curtis is that uh he's a wrestler and he's He's putting it together though, I'm telling you. He is. I mean he looked good against Derek Lewis until that knockout. 
Yeah, he got uh, sure you can. That was nasty, bro. The problem with the way he looked in that fight was he just he doesn't know how to hide his takedowns, man. He telegraphed that thing from across the cage, and that's why he got caught with that uppercut. It was down two. Like, yep. He's not at this point. Um, for Curtis Blades, he's not mixing it up well. He's basically he's good now at stand up, and he's good at the ground and pound and wrestling game, but he's not good at putting it all together. And that's what separates the championship level fighters. From the contenders, because he's gonna I mean, get it together soon, though. I mean, he's still he's pretty young. He's that's, that's one thing going, he got going for him. That's one really. I mean, he's huge. So he's a huge heavyweight. Curtis is, mm-hmm. and I mean, how old is Curtis? What 32? 30. 30? Oh yeah, yeah. He got he time. Got, he got a lot of time. No, I mean he's great. I'm not saying he's a terrible fighter whatsoever, but yeah, he needs to put it together. He needs to stop telegraphing his takedowns so much and hide him behind some punches or something. Right. He's going to put it together. His striking impressed me against Derrick Lewis until he got knocked out, of course, but that's his own fault for shooting in. Like He tried to do the Marduk tackle on the other side of the uh, (laughs) stage. You know what I mean? Like Power through. That's what happens. He's like, oh, I see it. <laughs> but seriously, yeah, he's going to be, he might be most improved heavyweight within the next five years. As fast as things change in heavyweight division, it could be the next two. Maybe one. But I think he's going to be, he's going to be the most well-rounded guy going forward. Unless Francis, like, starts scooping people with double legs and single legs. <laughs> like. Exactly. And that's what I'm saying. That, then I'm done. Right. I was gonna say, like, that's one thing about um Francis is he was cursed, he was getting better. Mm-hmm. So as, as even though he's a champ, it's not like he's this finished product, this polished like whatever. He he still has a lot of room to improve, and that's scary for everybody fighting in that division. Yes, every improvement he makes is terrifying. Exactly. Because he was the the title contender slash championship prospect with none of that shit, with just the ability to knock everybody out with windmill punches. So if you if you give this guy skills on top of that, that's a lot. You asking you asking a lot from a deck. Mm-hmm. So you guys want to uh, you know, get into this little Sunday night. Fights, fights. Yeah, we can do that. We can do that. We can talk about them. And listen, at, here at Ashley Knuckles, we support all the fight sports. I respect boxing. I think boxing is like probably the most brutal sport on the planet. On the planet, when it comes to combat sports, mixed martial arts. Don't get it twisted. It looks more brutal because of. The, I mean, there's more weapons to worry about, but boxing ain't no boxing ain't no fucking joke, dog. Um, and to see a YouTube star get in the ring with a Hall of Fame talent—that's something that uh, 
we don't see that too often, but we got to see it this Sunday. Did of you get to see it more? Sundays. Oh, I'm not going to lie oh. to you, bro. I fell asleep when Jake Paul, no, no, Logan Paul was walking out to the ring with the, the, the chain, with the hollow Charizard first edition. You know what I'm talking about? Bro, yeah. when I seen him walking out with that, I was like, yeah, I, my brain shut off. Like, the man had a holographic Charizard. Bro, first that edition. First edition legit card. He he made a lot of YouTube videos on trying to hunt for that thing. So Yo, you, you talk about these chains, bro? This dude had the chain. That That is the most expensive chain you've seen in boxing, trust me. Bro, that chain, like that jewelry shit, bro, mm-mm. That little card in plastic was worth so much money. I think at least 150k. Something stupid. Oh no, 150k is child's play if you look at Mayweather Jr.'s chain. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's different. <laughs> that's different, bro. Mayweather, that's money. That's money made. Come on, bro. I'm just saying Listen, you look at this Mayweather guy, he's out. wearing he's not wearing jewelry though. He's wearing fucking cardboard and I don't even know what they put in holograms, but bro, he's wearing a cardboard cutout of a picture of a Pokemon. Well, what is jewelry? What is it? It's a symbol of look. It's a separation symbol, right? Periodic it's like, table. It's an element. <laughs> it's a <laughs> AU is gold, right? AU? AU is gold. I think so. I mean, I'm not a scientist or not. All it is is metal that's shiny. Well, it's, it's literally it's a, it's, it's a statement. It's saying that I got a car, a house on my neck, a car on my wrist. It's like $40,000 watch, that's a car. And yeah. then a $100,000, $200,000 chain, that's somebody's house on my neck. You know what I mean? It's, just a, it's, a, it's a flex piece. And I think uh, I like Jake... I'm mean, not Jake, but Logan Paul's Charizard flex. That was pretty cool. So you think I should like start wearing some of my uh, shoes around my neck, like tied to strings, <laughs> like a necklace? It would be different. A sneakerhead, you know what I mean? That would literally make you a sneakerhead by having sneakers around your head. I could wear it on my head too, like a hat. Like um, oh, oh that, you can do, what? bro. Listen, you can get like one of those. You can tie the strings around the ears and have the shoes hang like next to your ears. Man, and have the hat like like a beanie almost. Somebody you ever seen like, those, yo, he flexing hard on that. Do you ever see those like those like kangaroo beanies where it's like the kangaroo ears or like the panda hats with the little strings hanging down? You want oh to do it like a, you can have, have the shoes? Have two shoes? Have two shoes hanging down, bro. By the strings. I have both. Okay, we'll, we'll get back on topic, bro. I don't know how we... What, listen, with that fight... Okay, so... I, I gotta see it. And my impressions is this. First, I will say I give respect to anybody that's able... That, that's willing to lace up the gloves and get in the ring. Because you can talk as much shit as you want from the couch with a bag of chips in your hand. But it's a different story when somebody's, like, throwing them things at you and you're in the ring. So I give respect admittedly for Logan Paul 
getting in the ring. I felt like the fight was much more even in principle, given the fact that Logan is bigger, younger, mm-hmm. and it's just it's, it's boxing rules. It's a, and given um, that this is an exhibition fight, they only went eight rounds. I feel like the parameters are kind of closing the distance, even though the skill edge is way lopsided in Mayweather's favor. But Mayweather's 44. And he's not... He hasn't been known for being a power striker since he was in his 20s. I mean, Mayweather was... He got 27 knockouts, but let's be real. Those 27 knockouts, most of those knockouts came earlier in his career when he was pretty boy Floyd. Before he broke his hands, right? Before he fucked his hands up. So... You add you add those two factors together. You got a smaller guy going up against a bigger guy. I was I was impressed that Logan had a good enough game plan to survive and not get finished. I mean, he he, he fought in a way that made it really difficult for there to be any action or be any like firefights. So I give credit for that. However. I don't take any side. To me, there are no uh, moral victories in fight sports. In my mind, like I want, if just if you choose to get in, you can't say, "Oh, well, I survived against one of the best of all time, so therefore I win." I'm like, no, 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 no. You don't get both. You you either get the credit for getting in there and surviving, or you get the win. You don't get both. That's my take on it. I saw what looked like a pretty good outing. I mean, look, first of all, Floyd walked Logan down. And as a smaller guy, as Floyd was being a smaller guy, that's pretty ridiculous to get walked down by a smaller guy. I give those little, these little circus fights, I give them, I give them respect to it because for a dude to get off the, couch and be able to fight one of the best boxers of all time, probably get 30 mil or so just to get, you know, a, take a few shots. There's not a guy alive that I don't think would not be willing to do that. So I give um, them credit for being able to set that up and get that bag, man. That's, 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 that's pretty dope. What do you think did you, about that fight, uh, Mark, when you like break it all down? You break it all down, it, it happened exactly how it should have. Floyd Mayweather, you know, he probably got in there a little too, or he got a little surprised in the first round from that flurry. But other than that, he just walked him down and did his thing. Logan Paul, once again, I am a person I, that believes you can have moral victories in this sport. But by this sport, I mean celebrity boxing. Not actual boxing you can have a moral victory being a youtuber and only having an zero and one record and your first fight was against another youtuber and then going eight rounds with the greatest boxer of all times arguably i'll take that as a moral win i mean did he show that he's ever going to be a great boxer in there no he did not he showed that a young big dude can take some punches from a guy 30 pounds under him <laughs> with pillows on his hands. That's what he proved. That's, but I'll, I would take it if I was him. 
the fact that he didn't fully exhaust himself the whole way and he lasted eight rounds with Floyd Mayweather. Good on him. Congratulations. You are already higher than your brother just because you box an actual boxer. Period. Jake Paul, you're making all the money and all the headlines, but you haven't fought a real boxer in boxing yet. I agree. I agree. Same here. No arguments. Until Jake uh, fights an actual boxer, to me, uh, Logan Paul gets all the respect and cred because he got in there with an actual boxer. Not a basketball player. Not a wrestler with a fucked up hip that has shit striking even in MMA. He got in there with an actual boxer. And to me, it's, fight sports isn't all about just winning and losing. It's the, it's the soul of the spirit of the game, like just doing it for the, the sport. And we don't get paid to watch. We get paid. To, we, our payment is the product. That's our compensation for watching. What so, payment? what's up? What payment? Well, well I, 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 uh, uh, yeah, on a different topic, but yeah. I was gonna, I, I'm just saying that, like, when I watch um, these little sideshow things, because I don't, I don't, I don't mind them. I think the they're fine. Because <laughs> they're, they're, they're basically not, you know, it's like a uh, bearded lady. Here's the beard lady. Exactly. It's, oh to me, it's, it's the same as bum fights or <laughs> felony fights. That shit like that. Like, yeah. I saw one the other day, man. It was, bro, I'm going to send you the link, but it was nasty. <laughs> it shows you when kicks get, when kicking goes wrong. Oh, man. Some dude, some dude um, thought it was a good idea to kick. It was two, looked like two street dudes. I will call them home free. I'm not going to call them homeless because I don't think they're less for not having a home. I think they may be free because they don't have a home. All time camping. That's a... <laughs> they're just bro. camping all the time. Hey, some people choose yeah. that life. Some people choose camping it. camping forever. You're like, fuck it. I don't want to be in society. I choose this life. Off the grid. That's the off real legend of Bigfoot. It was just a guy that went camping and couldn't shave. Dog, when I tell you, bro, I saw the sickest counter to a this dude threw a body kick. The kick got caught, and and at the moment the kick got caught, I was like, you know what? He fucked up because this dude, he the, the guy he's fighting, he looked like he knows some shit. Like he, but it was like a perfect takedown. From like he he literally he had all the the framework. He put the hand on the. He took the left hand on, put it on the shoulder, grabbed the, the kick with his right, and smashed him to the ground. Oh, like that Martin reversal shit. It was exactly that Martin reversal shit. Oh. Bro, that shit was nasty. And then he gave him, he gave him top control. He the fight was already over. The, the dude was knocked out from the slam. The earth was already enough. He landed three more super necessaries, and then walked the fuck off. I was like, I'll send you the link. It was, right. it was nasty. I'm pretty sure Derek Lewis will put it on his Instagram and say he's okay. I don't think he's okay. He ain't okay. He was stiff. And no, nobody came to help. There was no referee picking him up. 
giving him smelling salts to make sure he was all right. So you guys want to talk about this uh, former wide receiver boxing? Chad Ochocinco. It was Chad Johnson on uh, Sunday night. So, yeah, what's funny about that fight is this. Um, again, I give credit to anybody who lays him up and get in the ring. Chad didn't look bad, in my opinion. He did get knocked down in the fourth, in the final seconds of the fourth. But he didn't look bad. I mean, he looked, he, he, look, he fought an actual boxer. Fair enough. Okay. The four, right. The only one four rounds. But look, he looked decent. I think he won that still. Chad won the first two rounds for sure. 100%. Yeah. For sure. He did his thing the first two rounds. Third round, he was backpedaling a lot. He was scooting away. He fast. He real fast. Yeah. I am Fourth round. Yeah. First of all, he got got caught with right hand. Look, he got careless on that transition where he threw a combination, got careless, and backed straight up. Well, technically speaking, he didn't back straight up. But he backed up without with his guard low, and that's a no-no. Because when you back up with your hands down, you get hooked up. And he got caught with that right hook. Oh, dropped. he got hooked up for real. He got hooked up. You get hooked up when you do that. That's just how it works. That's the best way to get caught with a hook. Just put your hands down after your combination. Go backwards. See what follows you. And uh, he got fouled to the ground with a right hand. Credit to Chad for getting back up. I mean, I know Nate Robinson was like, "Is that that that's how it works? You can get back up after well, shots." He didn't want to <laughs> have. He didn't want to be like that. He didn't want to say his ass was up in the air or whatever, whatever they say on their show. <laughs> Bro, he got up quickly and was like, "You got me." I think uh, that shot, even though it was a good shot, I don't think. Uh, I think it was more being off balance and the timing of it. It was like a well placed shot. But yeah, I don't think he was actually knocked out or hurt. No, no, I don't think he was out. I think it, it, caught, it caught him enough to drop him down to the ground. Right. He, he, hit, the, he hit the ground pretty hard, but he got yeah, up even he faster. Definitely so. did. Gotta give Chad respect for that. Um, I've always had a lot of love for Chad Johnson. He's one of my favorite receivers. But when we played for the Bengals, I was like, there was times, there was a four to five year period where he was one of the best in the game. So I give I got a lot of respect for Chad, even though he eats McDonald's. It's weird. He living by McDonald's. What's up with the Miami what's with the Miami McDonald's? What, I, what's up with that? They must have yeah, I heard different shit down there or something. something. I heard a rumor about a certain other Miami fighter who uh ate McDonald's right before his title rematch. Oh my God. Let me tell you about that. Yesterday, I was at some, what was it called? Pro- profit? Prospect? Yeah, oh, Prospect, yeah. This little uh, spot here in Riverside. And there's a couple sitting next to me. And the dude's talking about uh, how Masvidal lost because he had McDonald's at like 3 in the morning or something. And he shouldn't have been eating McDonald's when he was going to go fight Usman. Like, is this for real? There's no way. McDonald's? You, you say like 103rd Street McDonald's is bad or something? What, what's going on here? I don't get it. 
I want you know, I wanted to say something so bad, but I just stayed quiet, mind my own business, and continue to watch tennis. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't think you are what you eat, and if you want to eat McDonald's before a title fight, uh good luck, man. Good fucking luck. Hey, I feel like shit. Podcast. What's up? I said I ate McDonald's right before this podcast. You gonna go fight Usman in like a couple hours? <laughs> if you get in love with the champ, good luck, dog. Anytime you go to 103rd McDonald's, you ready for a fight? What are you talking about? Just wear your black, wear your black Air Forces, and you know what I mean. Hug <laughs> it out. Hug it out. I, I don't know. I, I don't. I don't know what how true that rumor could be. I do know this: a lot of guys, when they feel like they might be overmatched. They look for a way out in the form of an auto excuse. That's, I mean, that's not even a lot of guys. I think that's just humanity in general. John Jones we, partying I mean, a week before his fight. Yep, you have built-in excuse. It's like ah, uh, I, I got, I got, I did coke all night before we fought. So, Mazdal's on record saying that he loves McDonald's and he has ate McDonald's plenty of times during fight week. So. I believe that 100%. Whether that's the reason why he lost or not, I don't believe that's the reason why he lost. But, hey. He lost it because Uzman's fucking good. Yes. Uzman's amazing. That's ridiculous. why he lost. Yeah. Down He's very uninteresting. And he, he sucks at eating hot chicken wings. But. <laughs> he, did, he, did, he did a hot ones challenge? Yeah, he did hot ones. He, he made it through. But he wanted to tap out a couple of times. He kept asking how, how far Israel got. Yeah. I was surprised that being Nigerian, he's not like all into spicy food. He blamed it on his, uh, he's been on a clean diet for years now. Ah, uh, you can't Which have spicy there. food in a clean there. diet? Okay. No. A lot of sodium. Spicy food. Hot sauce. Yeah, but. I mean, peppers are natural. You can get a hot pepper from the earth. <laughs> no additive necessary. You don't got to get Dustin Poirier's sauce to be hot. But you know what's funny? It's good. You know, you, know what's, you know what's interesting? You ever been to Nando's? Or eating mm-hmm. Nando's? Mm-hmm. I, I, didn't, I didn't notice about sauces until I started eating that. Because Nando's is pretty, like, I mean, it's pretty basic when it comes to, like, what they serve. They got, like, a decent menu, but um, I just got, like, chicken. And I had their sauce. I think it was, like, their peri-peri sauce. The ca- the amount of calories in that one little fucking thing of the jar of sauce is huge. So if you're fighting, you're trying to cut weight, and you're trying to, like, not consume calories, you can't have no sauce, dog. And it's not happening because, like, that one little sauce—that's a meal. <laughs> and I'm—I'm I'm a sauce boss when I eat like any kind of chicken strips or anything like that. I don't have, I don't have like four, five sauces. So, no you way. Ready to uh, preview this upcoming pay per view? Absolutely. Let's get it. 
how you guys want to start, man? Like early prelims? Hey, prelims? Hey, man. Hey, let's begin at the beginning. Because this this is a good one. This this card. I'm I'm gonna be, I'm gonna be, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna straight up say it right now. I'm excited. I'm looking forward to this. This weekend, I'm gonna purposefully have my days filled full of like stuff that can get me fast forward through these days. I'm gonna study, work out, grind. Cause this weekend, I'm watching these fights, and that's all I'm doing. I'm turning up and watching these because I'm I'm excited about this card, bro. Super excited. There's a lot of names on this one. There's a lot of there's there's some legacy on the line. We got like we got everything. We got um the return of the Mac, known as Nate Diaz. We got um another title fight on that same card. We got the rematch with um, Figueroa and Marino and uh, is that the flyweight division? Flyweights. So this is a good one. And outside of those three main, that's the main card. Outside of that main card and obviously it goes without mention Israel, Adesanya, Marvin Vittori, main event, run it back, the Italian dream, or as Izzy calls it, the Italian wet dream, going against the, the last style bender. That shit, I'm excited about that. There's a lot of trash talk, and these guys don't like each other at all. So this might be, this might be a good one. This might be all. This this might end up being fight of the month, takeover, because Ponzinibbio Baez was definitely fight of the month. Now, this is a fight of the month. Candidate. Well, co-main event might be the same way. Oh yeah, that that Marino versus uh, Figueredo fight. That first one was an all-time. That was a that was a fucking banger. That's the kind of fights that I believe should be auto rematches. Fights like that because look, you get starch. You the, the guy, his game plan worked. Like he was, he was really like you didn't you didn't serve you didn't survive. And the only goal is to survive. And the best way to survive is to get rid of your opponent. Don't leave him in his hands. Separate him from his consciousness. Make him say uncle. That's how you survive. So, Marino, is t- he's tough, bro. That's going to be a good one. What um some of your takes on the uh, early prelims, though, Mark? What do you see? On the prelims, the early oh, prelims. Yeah. Y'all going to early prelims? Let's 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 start up. I mean, we're not to go crazy, but let's just review a few of them. Are we doing early the prelims, prelims or early prelims? Early. Early prelims. I'm not gonna lie. I don't know most of these people. I know Chase Chase Hooper, but he's a decent jujitsu guy. If I if I remember correctly, I don't know him very well. I just know him as uh, Ben Askren's son. <laughs> uh. To be honest, that's all I know him by. And the rest of them, I really don't know who these people are. Jake Collar, 
Sounds familiar. That's a heavyweight bout. Pretty sure I saw him get knocked out recently or something. Okay. 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 Alexis yeah, Davis Mark, is on there fighting somebody I don't know who is. Yeah. But she ranked Mark, number eleven in the bantamweights. I I don't I can't tell you these people. I'm with Mark. I know Chase Hooper, Alexis Davis. That's it. Mm-hmm. Carol uh, Rosa. Hmm? Are you talking about? She's fighting a uh, Penny. Yeah, she's fighting Bonsai. <laughs> she's, she's fighting Penny. <laughs> Penny. Penny. I've seen her fight. Uh, she was the one that just uh, beat uh, Sajara Eubanks. And, Who's also uh, on this card? Mitch Kohara. I've seen her those two fights at least. Sajar is on this one still. Yep. No, she's uh, no longer. She's fighting uh, uh, Carol Rosa. No, it's. I think it, something happened. It's not on this card anymore. On the card anymore? Uh oh. Hmm. Hmm. Let me see. I'm on, I'm on, what side are you on right now? What do you see? The official. The UFC, one? UFC official is what I'm on. Yeah. Okay. Cause I, mm. so, mm. Mm. Let's see. Yeah, because I was I was on um CBS. Mm. So I, I didn't um I don't have all of the updates, I guess. I didn't see that she was not. What happened? Do you know what happened in that one? Nah, I don't know. I know. I knew she was fighting, but it's not on there anymore. Interesting. All right, well, I right. reschedule, but I'm not sure. Hmm. So the on the prelims. <laughs> I like that. I see what you did there. I see what you did there. Um, yeah, there's some like the Chase Hooper kid. He's like he's pretty young, upcoming prospect. Um, there's some heavyweight action: Carlos Felipe and Jay Collar. I uh, they're both like obviously um in a bottom twenty five ish area, but it's heavyweight, so that should be fun to watch at least. Ho- hopefully, and usually I, I like how they put the. The, the, the random weight women's fight at the top of this card because usually those um can get wild. So even we don't have a lot of action in the previous four fights, we'll get some. We'll probably get some pretty good edge action out of. Uh, how do you say this? Is that Penny? 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 <laughs> I don't know. I know who Alexis Davis is, but uh. She's like number 11. She's got some decent wins on her. I just looked into her a little bit. I remember some of her fights. I just, her name just didn't strike, strike me when I was first seeing it. Where is she, where is she from? Mrs. Kinza Banzai. I don't know that flag, to be honest. Kinzad? I said I... Her last name? Yeah. I'm going with I would say Kinzad, but um Yeah. 
Not not feeling it. I'm just gonna call her Bonsai by her nickname. That's safe. She's oh, she's from I, hometown is Iran. Iran. Yo, I didn't know they had MMA over there. Yep. Hometown is Iran. She's wow. She's she has 22 amateur boxing fights. Undefeated in K1 and Muay Thai. And she won the 2011 gold at the Amateur the MMA Swedish Championship. That's the Sweden fight. She's fighting out of Sweden, I would assume. That's I don't think Sweden she's fighting fight. out of Iraq. That's a, that's she's, she's Iraqi, though. Iran. Iran. No disrespect, Iraq. <laughs> I didn't mean to disrespect. Iran, she racked, whatever. You know what I'm saying. Middle Eastern. Okay. Interesting. Interesting matchup. So she's got striking. Yeah, she's a striker. She's a striker. Primarily. It sounds she's well-rounded, though, and according to her bio. It just lists her as an MMA specialist. Like She has the skills. So if we move to the... I guess we can move on to the prelims, because it's not... I mean, there's a lot more, um, a lot more firepower on the free prelims that we know all these guys. Um, Hakeem Dawadu, Mozvar, 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 Iloev, Federal Belt. Should, should be, be interesting. There should be some fireworks on that one. Oh, yeah. Both guys, um, super tough. Um, 15, top 15 guys. That should be a really good one. Looking forward to that. Lauren Murphy versus Joanne Calderwood in the women's flyweight. You know what happens with this one. You already know. Somebody's getting sacrificed. Yes. <laughs> the winner is getting sacrificed. The winner is getting sacrificed, but let's be honest. The simple fact that Lauren Murphy had to take this fight to get sacrificed is amazing in this division. Yeah, payday, man. You need money. Yeah. Well, I mean, uh, Lauren, she's number three in, in flyweight. That's what I'm saying. She's like, on, I want to say she's on like, what, a four or five fight winning streak right now? Maybe. F- oh, her nickname's Lucky. She ain't very lucky with title shots. Um. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah. She doesn't even win over Andrea Lee. Mm. Yeah, yeah like, that's uh, some of her losses, one, though. One, two, three, four. Yo, she's getting sacrificed, man. Four. If she wins. She beat that one scary Russian chick, though. That, that new Russian prospect chick, she beat her. Yes. Second round submission. Oh, yeah. yeah the yeah, Shaka Rover yeah. girl. Yeah. So, yeah, and, but like I said, she's on a four-fight winning streak right now, and her last fight was to the number two ranked. So, I mean, out of all the sacrificial lambs in this division, she should have been the one that already got it. But Andrade came in and got that work. Got one win. So you see this as uh, pretty much just these. The winner of this is cannon fodder for uh, Shevchenko. 
I can't go against Shevchenko ever unless Amanda Nunes is her opponent. That's the only time that it makes sense to go against her. And she is the female goat. He's getting sacrificed. In my eyes. Whoever wins this fight is getting sacrificed. All right. So we'll call this the sacrificial eliminator. <laughs> I say that with all kinds of respect also because I actually like both of these fighters. Lauren Murphy, like I said, deserves the title shot 100%. I just don't think anyone's on Shevchenko's level. And Collier, she's been doing her thing. She's been uh, steadily climbing them ranks and... I think she had a title shot at one point, but yeah. she decided to fight instead of waiting. Yep. She got that L, though. Yep. She got armbarred, and then the girl that beat her got... She didn't get sacrificed. She actually did okay against Shevchenko. Uh, Jennifer Maya. Yeah. Yeah. She did okay, but... It is what it is. It is what it is. Well, I mean, that brings us to the light heavyweights. In the next fight, we got the dentist, Dan Stewart versus your boy, Eric Anders. That should be an interesting one. I mean, got some light heavyweights in the crib. Um, they fight at 85. So it's going to be a middleweight fight. Um, weird. What's up? So that's just weird to me. But yeah, I don't know why they're fighting yeah. the middleweight. I think both guys are middleweights now. Mm. Um, this Eric, Eric was you know, trying that like, heavyweight thing for a while, but yeah, that didn't, didn't go too well for him. He has a, uh, his last win was at 85. Unless oh, okay. he fought Mirchit at uh, 205. But yeah, you're right. I'm, just, I'm curious because, like, um, Eric's super athletic and he's, I mean, he's kind of in that same boat as Ngannou where he's still learning. Darren Stewart's, he got power. We know he got power. And he has, he's always in some dog fights, so. That you should know, be a good on one. paper, this fight is very close. On paper. So they fought once before yeah. already. Have they? Yeah, earlier this year in March. Something happened and somebody could not continue. Is that the no contest on their on their record? It was the, 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 the me. The um, very similar to oh, uh, Peter Yan versus yeah, it was the illegal knee. The following yeah, yeah. week, right? It was like the following mm-hmm. week, same thing. I, right. I remember this. Yeah, the fight. Yeah, yep. Continue first round. Mm-hmm. I remember it was very heated, and they were they were they were pissed that they couldn't continue that fight. Okay, right, makes sense, makes sense. So yeah, that one should definitely be fireworks. They're gonna come out with vengeance on that one. Run it back. They're running it back. Run it back. Rematch button. Hit that rematch button. Salty instant replay. 
like you said, this fight is. I expect this to be a stand-up war between both guys. Um, neither one of them are. They they both like to stand and trade, even though they both have decent grappling ability. Like okay, they're both more stand-up fighters, so this should be a banger. I'm curious to see how this goes. This fight definitely look out for. Um, as far as I think the math is kind of even too. Like it's um on the odds. It's pretty close. So you can make a little, you can have a little fun with that one. A little pickup type deal. Um there's also I mean on on these on this same prelim that damn this prelim is pretty loaded. Cause mm-hmm. prelims are uh, the main well Drew Dober Brad Riddell is a good one. That's a very good time fight. Get, right. Is he from uh, kickboxing? What's that? Is he from uh, Stylebender's camp? Yep. Yeah. He, um, probably not in New Zealand. He's in that city kickboxing group. Mm. And D- Dober was tough out. Even, even in his tough, losses, he's tough. even in his losses, which he's coming off a loss, he still is usually pretty competitive. Um... But Brad Riddell's coming off of a win. So we got like, you know, a little class in uh trajectory because right now Brad's on the street on win streak. Yeah. And he has some really good names under uh some good wins under his belt. It's a good choice for that event for uh prelims. Oh yes. He beat that I mean, um, Malarkey kid who's like pretty fucking good. Making he's making a name for himself right now. And um So it's, it's, it should be a good one. I'm excited about this fight. This this card. Yeah, I mean this, this last guy. fight was Makachev, Islam. So I mean, yeah, he took an L in that one, but let's be honest, who hasn't against him yet? Future champ. <laughs> And he has some good yeah. wins. His last uh, loss before that was um, uh, Darnush Benny. So, yeah. And I like it. I think he's more well-rounded uh, when uh, Rydell's like more just uh, a striker. Even though Dover will will strike with you more than he will wrestle. The um. Reach advantage goes in Riddell's favor, one inch in arm reach and three inches in leg reach, even though Brad Riddell is listed at 5'7 and Drew Dober is listed at 5'8. Drew also has more fight experience. He's got, he, got yeah, 20, he, got, he got 33 total, well, 34 total fights when Brad Riddell only has 10. Professional fights. Unfortunately, so, uh, Drew has been gatekeeper status for a little bit now. He still has a chance to make a run, but he's been gatekeeper for a minute. Well, he's in that realm. He's in that same realm like we speak. We spoke of um, 
he has veteran experience. He's in that that spot where you said like where a lot of the gatekeepers are, where they they're talented enough to be in like the top fifteen of the division, but they can't quite get past the the guys who are going to be the top five mm-hmm. and in that championship mode. So he's right there. I mean, he's ranked number thirteen right now, and. Like you said, his last loss is to the uncrowned, the, some would say the uncrowned king of 155 in Islam, Makachev. Mm-hmm. Some would say that. And the last loss before that is, I think, what, third ranked right now? What, what's Benny ranked right now? I think, uh, I think he's third, fourth, somewhere, one of those two. Yeah, he's number he's, three right now, so... He's like, it's like a, a top five guy. Yeah. So he's basically that that in that in that exact status of with a pack, top fifteen, but top cracking a top five will be very difficult mm-hmm. for him. Um, that's respectable that's, in the lightweight division. And it was this lightweight lightweight super packed. So that's a that's a big. It's not that. It's not bad at all. Um, to start the main card, we got Paul Craig going against uh, Jamal Hill. I believe this is a rematch as well. But wait, is this a rematch Jamal too? Hill guy fight again, though? Yeah, he's got, he's got man, he's got some pretty good um, stats too, like as far as reach and all that. And we got this number fourteen against number fifteen, so. It should be a good one. He's seven and zero, Jamal Hill. And his last win was against um Ovan Saint Pru. Where he uh, got the TKO, Vic. It's a good victory though for two hundred five. Strong victory. Ovan Saint Pru is very underrated. I don't think he gets the credit he deserves. No, he's super tough out. Okay. Um, I remember this dude, Paul Craig. He's the guy that fought Shogun a lot. Yep. yep. Twice. Yeah. Twice. Got a draw and a TKO. Most mm-hmm. recent being a TKO. He has some good wins. We'll see what happens. Is this. Wait a minute. Is he the guy that got late kicked to death by a uh, Roundtree, too? I don't yep. Know. Was it? Yeah, him? He got TKO by Khalil Roundtree. From leg kicks? Leg kicks started it. Yep. But he, he beat um, Ankalaev. Um, he, he's, he's really good. Ankalaev's the one What's that it? beat uh, Kutalaba, right? Twice. Kutalaba, yep. Twice. Uh, twice. First time was controversial, second time was decisive. Yeah. Oh, he got subbed by Kroot, too. Jimmy Crute? Yeah, Jimmy Crute subbed him. This is a good uh, matchup just for moving forward in the rankings in general, this matchup. I mean, top 15 rankings is a good matchup. Facts. And they opened the main card. Interesting, though, uh, Jamal, he was a big favorite in this fight. He's uh, minus 305. So... Even though he's ranked below, 
Paul Craig, he's coming in as a pretty big favorite in this matchup. And uh, I see why. Paul Craig's an underdog. The big underdog. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Jamal Hill's a favorite. He's um, yeah. minus 305. Super favorite. Um, Flashy people know not, his name. What's up? But he, he, Jamal Hill's a little flashy. People know his name. Went over Oven St. Prude is a lot better than two wins over an aging Shogun. True. One, a, a draw and a win. Over Asian oh. Shogun. So, gave him the best I could. Yep. Well, we got uh, Bilal Muhammad back in action in the welterweight division versus Damian Maya. Um, Bilal, his last fight was against Leon Edwards, where he got. Uh, look, he was. Leon was piecing him up before that. I had Leon winning, but the eye poke and can't continue. Stop that fight. So that fight didn't um, end as satisfactory as most fans would like, myself included. I am glad to see Bilal Muhammad getting it back in there pretty quickly against Damian Maya. In this fight, he's opening up as a pretty good favorite at minus 265 versus the veteran former title contender in Damian Maya. Um, what do you think about this one? How do you feel? How do you see this going down? Because Damian... Last fight, right? What's up? This is last fight, right? Yeah, sorry. Last last four. Oh, every time it's, it's my last one. My last one. Right. I really thought this was his last fight. Well, Gilbert well, Burns was technically supposed to be his last fight, but I don't think he wants to go out on a loss. Uh, right. And I mean, look, look at who he's losing too, though. It's not like he... He has losses to to scrubs. I mean, he beat he beat Carlos Condit. He beat Jorge Masvidal. Lost to Woodley. Lost to Kobe. Lost to Usman. And then he goes on a three fight winning streak with Ben Askren being included in that. And then lost to Burns. So it's not like I mean he was a little bit older, but. The guys he's losing to are former champion, champion, title contender, title contender. Yeah. I mean, it's hard to argue. Like, you know, there's a lot of clear-cut ones. Like, you know, even even Cowboys on this huge losing streak, and you can be like, he should retire. Damian Maya is only losing to the top five. He's right. losing to the top five. And pretty much subbing everyone else it's really hard to say well he's getting old and he's not competitive anymore when he's doing that will he be champ no he's not gonna be champ but i think he knows that also i think he just wants one or two more good wins and he can just retire happy exactly and on the other side of that Bilal muhammad um had a nice little win streak going before that, you know, I mean, he lost to Jeff Neal and then went on, what is that, a four-fight win streak? Beating, uh, his most notable of that streak was the Lima brother, Diego Lima. He got the uh, unanimous decision victory versus Lima. 
He looked pretty good in that fight, too. And then we all know about the second round. Uh, TKO due to eye poke versus Edwards, which was a big step up in competition for, uh, for Bilal. But look, man, that division is some, some killers in that division. So a good win could um, do wonders for Bilal Muhammad. Now, Damian Maya, this is a fight where I think he has a clear edge in the, in the grappling department over most guys he's going up against. Um, all guys. But Bilal is scrappy. Most, all guys. Pretty much. I mean, he didn't. He couldn't now grapple Kobe or Usman or Woodley. But those are, like I said, these are Usman Woodley are champ, both former champ and current champion. Yeah. And Kobe's a title, title contender. And Gilbert Burns is also a title contender. So he has a grappling advantage over most guys. But can he get belt also? What's up? So Kobe has a belt also. So all three champs. Last interim. Kobe got a boomerang. That's what he got. <laughs> Kobe did get a boomerang. No, we'll throw the boomerang <laughs> at him again. Verdun. Verdun. He caught the bag too. It wasn't out of the bag. It was a souvenir. It was like a, a gift. Or something. So she bought the gift shop. He was like, man, fuck you. And like chucked the boomerang at him. Kobe caught the bag though. As he got bopped by the boomerang. <laughs> Filed that was pretty a, An assault charge. Oh, no. <laughs> Kobe's, Kobe's a goofball. Um, yeah. Yo, this next fight, though, is the one I'm really looking forward to. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, oh, look. Yeah. Bro, listen. There's a lot of things in the fight game that get me excited. Right now, Nate Diaz is back. Weed is almost legal in Florida. I mean, it ain't yet, but it's getting there. And we got Leon Edwards, who this dude has the weirdest career career of a number three ranked fighter. He's one of the best dudes in the division, but this dude is for real, like, gets no respect by fans, by the media. None. By anybody. To be as good as he is, he doesn't get any attention. I mean, there's a reason why Masvidal wouldn't take the fight against him. I think we all know why. I mean, I feel like Leon would be a favorite in that. Um, talking about he got he's, all he's, the attention when he got that three-piece in a soda. All he had to do was not order. the kind of attention that helped his career. <laughs> That was the kind of attention that gave Magdal stardom and some big fights and some big paydays. Not so much for Leon Edwards. But people knew his name after it. (laughs) (laughs) Barely. Barely. He got the who the fuck is that guy treatment. (laughs) Um, Leon's got some impressive... He has an impressive resume. If you look at his, his fights... His methods of victory, the names, he's beaten pretty much the who's who in welterweight. His only loss, well, not only loss, but his last significant loss was to the current champ, 
he lost a three round decision to Kamaru Usman. But he got he beat Vicente Luque, Brian Barberino. He got a win over Donald Cerrone, Gunnar Nelson, Rafael Dos Anjos. Some good victories, including victories that he didn't even get the claim because guys are ducking him. So for Leon, this is a huge deal because if he if he can come in and live up to that status that he has right now of being a huge favorite. He's the biggest favorite on the card at minus 500. Not surprising at all. Not surprising. Given the f- no. I mean, as much as as much fanfare as Nate has, Nate's in the same boat as his guy that he fought for the badass, the BMF title, where you know Nate's 21 and 12, okay? He has 33 fights and he's lost 12 out of 33. And while he's super exciting, Nate, every fight, you're never going to be a boring Nate Diaz fight. He's as game as they come. He's a dog. You know that. Um, however, Against top competition, uh, Nate does come up short a lot. And I think this is going to be pretty much a continuation of the same, in my opinion, at least. I think I don't see Nate having the tools to be able to put Leon away or be competitive. I'm not competitive because I think he will be competitive, but not be able to outstrike or outmaneuver Leon. However, one thing that gives gives me a little bit of hope for Nick Diaz fans is the fact that he seems committed now. Like he wants this. He only he, he wanted this fight when a lot of other guys didn't. So maybe Nate sees something that everybody else doesn't see. Who knows? However. If you want, if you want to take an underdog, this is probably the best fight to do so, given the, how big a gap it is. Because Leon's a minus five hundred favorite. I also One think two. that Nate Diaz has a better chance of winning this than people think. Skill wise, no, this is Leon Edwards' fight to run away with. It really is. Leon Edwards should be able to just. Stay calm and technical and just piece him up the whole time. But can he stay calm and technical? I think that one thing that Leon Edwards has shown in his interviews and maybe even a little bit in his last fight is that he is fed up with being treated the way that he's been treated. And he wants to prove a point that he is the best. But with Nate Diaz across from you, the king of pissing you off and ma- making you fight angry. Can he stay calm and composed? Because right when Nate Diaz gets into your mind and starts slapping you, giving you that Stockton slap, a lot of guys crumble. A lot of guys tend to start getting pieced up by his crisp boxing because he does have good boxing. I don't think it's on the same Pretty level as Leon Edwards, but he does have good boxing. I don't know. If I, I don't know if I would even give Leon the edge in boxing. I think I would give the edge to boxing to Nate. Just pure boxing? 
I would give the edge to Nate. I don't see uh, in in my in my assessment of watching these two guys, the edge that I see for Leon isn't in straight up in the boxing area, but it's in the kickboxing area. I think Leon yeah. has better overall. His overall kicking game is light years ahead of Nate's, and he has more leg reach. He has a five inch leg reach advantage over Nate. Nate has two inches of arm reach, though. Mm-hmm. So use that as you will. I think they're going to use wrestling against Nate, though. That's what. What's up? Gonna, their game plan is probably going to be wrestling for Nate. That's what I think they're going to do. Yeah. Yeah. And mm-hmm. Leon's is grappling. This is what makes one thing about Leon Edwards that gives him um, such a good pedigree is he's very well rounded. He has all the tools. He can I do pretty much anything. Him up against the cage, not takedowns, but just dirty boxing. I think that's what they're going to try to do. Okay, I, you know, I, I, I guess that w- that wouldn't be a bad path, but I would expect this to be a kickboxing match. If I was, if I were to put like guess how this would go, that might be plan um, B. They might try to kickbox starting out. And see where it goes to see who has the better striking, and if that fails, Plan B is dirty box, hold him up against the cage, clinch work, yeah. stuff like that. Because on paper, Leon is uh, the bigger guy. I mean, Nate's Nate's more is taller, but Leon Leon's a more natural welter. I actually Nate's think more... clinching against the cage might be. A bad idea for Leon Edwards, to be honest. Nate's not bad clinching against the cage. He knows how to sneak in elbows and sneaky little punches in that area. He does some good dirty boxing against the cage. Leon Edwards would be best off making it a kickboxing match. Playing just, yeah. I don't know because Le- Leon's actually. What you just said about Nate is one thing that Leon has in spades is his elbows off the clinch. He's really good at that. And Nate is really good at bleeding and getting cut. I mean, that's going to happen no matter what. True, but if you get in that clinch game and then you play in who lands the elbow first, I will be edging my bet toward Leon landing it first and Nate Nate gets cut up. A a cool breeze and Nate starts bleeding. Right, I was about to say you could sneeze from across the cage and he'll start bleeding. But so yeah, I don't, I don't know um, if I would give the, maybe the dirty boxing pure um, boxing on the inside. Maybe Nate would have the advantage, but Leon has a whole lot of tools on the inside. Um, he's not he's really good in the clinch and throwing those elbows. So I don't know if that would be a good idea for. Nate to stay there for a long time. I think that's what Mosey's like uh, alluding to when he says that that might be Leon's path because like I, Leon is good in the um in the clinch department, the clinch clinch defense, clinch striking. He's really good there. I do Ooh. not see this fight being on the ground though. I really don't. That's for sure. The only uh, way Leon it's going to go to the ground is if Leon gets caught by something. And becomes a wrestler all of a sudden. Mm-hmm. That's the only way I see it going to the ground. That's and Nate no-no. Diaz will allow it to happen. He'll be like, yes, let's go. He's like, all right, yeah. go. 
Well, submission game, I feel like that's probably Nate's biggest edge overall is submission off Nate's submission offense. Mm-hmm. Although Leon has really good submission defense. Nate's submission offense is much better than Leon's submission offense. So if it's a pure jujitsu jitsu match on the ground, I would give the edge to Nate. So but like I said, like Mosey said, I don't I don't see this being a ground fight, mainly because of how good Leon Edwards takedown defense is. So I feel like Leon could keep this fight going wherever he wants it to go. And then it's gonna be up to how Nate responds from there. Like how will Nate deal with what's happening to him? Cause we saw when um the fight with him with Nate and Masvidal. Nate was Masvidal was too dynamic for Nate. He had too many weapons. And it was just like the accumulation of damage was just too much. And I, I, I feel like this that. is I agree with that. The but is this still a five round fight? Yes. Okay. So I think that Masvidal, or I'm sorry, Diaz would have had better showing against Masvidal in the later rounds. That being said, Masvidal was taking over that fight and he was winning that no matter what. I, I'll, I'll be honest with that 100%. But the other part that makes this interesting, because if this was a three-round fight, I wouldn't even give Nate Diaz a chance at all. I think Edwards would take and run with it. Like, run with it. It would just be a unanimous decision, two to one, Edwards. But it being a five-round fight, I want to see if Edwards is going to punch himself out. I know he has great cardio, but hitting Nate Diaz is a different game. You keep hitting that guy, and you start to discourage yourself. Like, why is this guy not going down? Why is he bleeding all over the face and still coming at me like nothing's wrong? Like, it's just a different game at that point. He... Nate Diaz knows how to exhaust you with pressure and just being there. Homer Simpson. Like, that's where it's at. So, I, 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 have, I agree with most of that. I'll say I agree with 80% of what you just said. Um, the tw- I'll state the 20% first. Okay. Um, if it was a three-round fight, I think that would probably be a much... Um, It'd be a little bit easier for Nate because I do question whether or not Leon can survive. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Is this fight still five rounds? I believe so. So they kept it from before. I think, so. I think it's still five. Because the only reason why it was five rounds before is because it was the co main event. That's true. It's no longer. Uh, it's not the co main event. It's not. So is it still five rounds? I, I, I didn't see any changes. It could be. It could be a three-rounder, but I didn't see any changes. That's sick if it, they left it that way because it was in the contract already. Right. I don't know. If, if it was, it, can you look it up and see for, for sure? Is it, I, I don't it know show? how. I don't know how. To see the duration? Uh, I was, you know what? Being that it's not the main, co-main event, it might just be default three-rounder. But with that being said, 
if if, if it is three rounds, I think that helps. Um, it kind of helps um, Leon for sure. Because mm-hmm. I think I think the five rounder gives Nate a better shot if Leon can't get the finish like you said and can Nate can have a shot in those later rounds and those championship rounds because he doesn't he has that never quit attitude he can break guys. So I don't know um, if a five rounder doesn't autom- that doesn't favor Nate more. I know you said that it it could, but I think a three rounder is a breeze for Edwards versus Nate. But who knows? I mean, I know the the math is on um, is heavily leaning toward Leon, and with Will here, he can put himself right in that title picture, a significant win. Cause that's all he's pretty much missing is a statement win and a mic call out from being in the title picture at 170. He's number three. Um, apparently, um, Kobe's getting the, the rematch. So there's not much else to be had there. I mean, um, all everybody else is tied up with fights in the top of the division. When the boy has a fight, Kobe's waiting for the rematch, and Masvidal just got starched. I found so. two sketchy sources that say that it's still a five-round fight. Okay, <laughs> these sketchy sources. I like just it. Say. Let's get the first one. Oh, I just I just got rid of them. <laughs> okay, one okay. was like Sports Skeeta. I have no idea. Like I said, sketchy sources. And the other one was some other MMA website I've never heard of. All the other ones I could find are still talking about 262. Those are the only ones I've mentioned. 263 are still five rounds. Well, we know for sure this next fight, the co-main event, is definitely a five-round fight because it's for a title. It's for sure. We know that it is 4D 125 pound belt. The current champions, champion Davidson Figueredo versus the the assassin baby. Or is the baby assassin? It has it's it's legit written the assassin baby in quotation marks for Brandon Marino. You know, the number right. one. They probably translate it to like uh, American for him. You know what I'm saying? Whatever you know, assassin what, is in Spanish, it's probably assassin Ito. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Because Ito is not that good. I mean, as it reads, the assassin baby sounds like a like a statement better than a nickname. The assassin baby. <laughs> But the baby assassin, does that mean he kills babies? Is he like literally a contract killer? Wants to do it is on him. <laughs> well, whatever he the, uh, assassin, I'll talk about him a little bit first. He has two inch reach advantage over um the champion, and he's two inches taller. The Mexican Brandon Moreno has he's scrappy and tough as shit. So. Like the first fight, I expect this one to be to be a war. I don't know what kind of adjustments they're gonna make to um to change that, but 
I'm expecting to see fireworks again. I think it's going to be the same fight. But I think this time somebody's going to get finished. Well, Figueroa, get, he unloaded everything. They couldn't get rid of Marino and started to get tired. And that's how Marino was able to close the gap and force a draw. So, which, Mark, what do you think? How do you see this one going? I unfortunately see this as one of those fights that uh, it was such a barn burner the first time that they're going to come in kind of trying to be a little more technical and probably not be as exciting. But I don't know. I- I'm hoping for a barn burner, and I'm hoping that there's going to be a finish, and I'm going for my hairdresser, man. So, Flash Sushi Chef? Flash Sushi Chef. I- can't go wrong. <laughs> Man's a hustler. Is that what is that what this the Glara means? The last sushi chef. I don't know what that means. The last. Oh my god! I'm out of here. No, I don't know. <laughs> I have no idea what that means. I know he's Brazilian, so maybe it's a reference to a steakhouse, like Texas Day Brazil. No. Okay. Look. <laughs> Google that shit. Mo, how do you see this one going overall? Like, what do you, what's your, what's your prediction for this fight as far as the action's concerned? God of War. Oh, God of War is what it means. That's what I was like. I, I know Deuce means God, right, or something like that, or close to it. So yeah, God of War. I looked it up. I was curious. Well, then he better right. put all on right. fucking God right. of War then. All right. Uh, I'm leaning towards Figueredo by a finish this time. I think he's gonna be more calculated with his stuff. Well, he I think he it. overlooked Brandon Moreno. Plus, he had just fought a few weeks prior, and they needed a replacement fight for the December card. I believe it was right. December where they fought. They needed a replacement fight, and they had both just won that night. So it was a quick turnaround. This time. I feel Figueredo is going to see, like, okay, this guy can fight. I got to train better, do something different, and he's going to get it done. It's not going to be a, a firefight, though. Fire. He's going to pick he needs his to be shots. Like a technical beatdown. He's going to pick his shots. Well, he's a 250, minus 250 favorite. Um, and the first fight was really close. I I think my my prediction lies... Very similar to um, what Mosey is saying. I see it. I see Davidson coming out to prove a point and trying to get a finish. And it, and I think the method he'll do it in is by being more calculated and not just wait. Normally he fights that dude is like Terminator. He just comes straight forward mm-hmm. and he's trying to take your head off with everything. Like he's doing anything with bad intentions, but. With a guy like Brandon Moreno, who's that tough, you can't just headhunt and get him out of there because you chances are you're not gonna. But who knows how he'll deal with body shots? Some guys can handle shots to the like get hit in the head, and they're all right. They they got a good enough chin to survive, but might, that might not be the path. Maybe you gotta carve a path through the old bread basket. Who knows? But we will see. 
I'm taking Figueroa too. Oh, you taking Figueroa too? Yeah, I'm taking Figueroa. I'm gonna say third round TKO. I'm, I'm going to go Figueroa, uh, unanimous decision. Because I think mm-hmm. they're both going to come out calculated, and it's just not going to be as much of a barn burner, and I don't see either one of them really putting each other away. I think they both have the option they could, but I think for the most part, the first couple of rounds are going to be a weird feel-out process, and they're not going to come on until the later ones. This is one of those fights where I like to do something freaky. Because my mind is telling me that Davidson gets it done. But this, in fights like this is where you get those surprise knockouts by the underdog. So I think I might put a little change on Marino by exactly knockout. But like a little bit. To win a lot bit. Because like I, I think... This is, a solid 100. What? Solid 100. Solid. Solid about like 100. Maybe 50. Depending on what the actual numbers are, like how uh, what's the what's the odds yeah. for uh, you know winning by exactly knockout? If it's something like plus two thousand, that's a good bit. I like it. Put fifty on. Um, good bit. Yeah, because I like 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 like, uh, like Mark said, this could be a fight where both guys make adjustments. Both both guys get technical. And Davidson does have a tendency to come straight forward and be wild, throwing everything with a lot of commitment and trying to get um, trying to get rid of his opponent. Which obviously, like that's what got him the title. But if you get countered, that's how you get knocked out. Um, having a guy with that overconfidence, overly committing, and then. Catching him with a punch that he can't see or a strike that he can't see and putting him out of there. And Marino's tough enough to be able to fight that firefight and get that done. So although I'm if I'm taking a, if I'm just picking a winner, I'ma definitely pick Davison to take the win. And I stick to my third round TKO. But any type of if I'm looking for a prop bet, it is Marino by knockout. By like some sort of freaky knockout. Because every time I feel in these fights, especially in rematches, where there's a clear-cut guy, clear-cut favorite guy, and the fight before was wild. This was a draw. A lot of times in that rematch, we get surprised. Surprise, motherfucker. And I think this, is, this could be that from Reno. What about this other rematch we got? Which takes me to my next point. Israel Adesanya versus Marvin, the Italian wet dream Vittori. Look, I'll start with I'll start with the challenger in this one because I've talked a lot about Israel. Marvin has an interesting this is an interesting matchup from us. Um, when you you know they say styles make fights. Um. This fight does have a really interesting style style matchup because Marvin is sort of a tank where he's he's the kind of guy who is willing to trade to get his offense off. And he's very well-rounded in all areas. He has good but not great stand-up. 
He has good but not great grappling. Um, and he's overall like just pretty solid everywhere to go with being pretty tough. He can take a few shots. Um, we saw in the, the last fight versus um, Big Mouth, Kevin Holland, Marvin was getting pieced up in stand-up. However, he was able to control Kevin on the ground, and that seems to be Kevin's Achilles heel. And by conventional wisdom, that's also Israel's biggest Achilles heel so far in his career because he was able to be held down by Jan Blahovich. While Blahovich is a better grappler than Marvin and much bigger than Marvin, still, if you're in Marvin's camp and you want to, and you're trying to say, well, what's our best path to victory? It is not having some kickboxing match with Izzy. Nope. <laughs> Definitely nope. Especially given the fact that Izzy has a six inch arm reach advantage and three and a half inch leg reach advantage. No. He got pieced up in the first fight and he was able to take Izzy down and hold him there for a little bit in the first fight. Marvin was to Adesanya, but Adesanya did enough damage in the first two rounds to get the split decision victory. I s- two things here. One, I think that uh, Marvin knows that. And I think Marvin's going to try his damnedest to make this a, a, a basically a wrestling match. He'll do, his, do everything he got. My two questions are, does can, can Marvin keep Izzy on the ground? Can, can he, I know he can take him down. Then he can definitely take him down. But can he keep him there? That's the first question. The second question is, will does Marvin have the gas tank to go five hard? To, to do that wrestling for five hard rounds? He has, he has no experience in five-round fights. Most of his fights have been three-rounders. And he gasses in those. He gets tired in those fights. He, he was tired in the Kevin Holland fight. He did look tired. So, I'm going to talk a little bit more about um, Izzy. I think Izzy, one thing about him that uh, is separated from their first match is Izzy got a lot better. And he knows also that Marvin is, is tough and could take some shots. So, I'll ask you, Ismo, how do you see this fight going down? And what are you looking for if you're gonna if you, if you wanna give a path to victory for Marvin? What do you think Marvin has to do to win? Basically, he's gonna have to look like he's like DC or Chel Sonnen or you know, a great wrestler, basically. That's going up against a great striker. He's going to have to get those single legs and double legs on point repeatedly, even if he gets back up. If Stylebender gets to the cage and gets back up. And even then, he might be able to do some dirty boxing up against the cage, then get a little quick single leg. He's going to have to chain wrestle him. He's going to have to race, basically be a whole another fighter in there if he wants to get a clean victory, I feel. I don't see him knocking Thalbender out. That's If he does that, that's some fluke stuff. He's basically going to have to be like the best wrestler in 
the middleweight division to beat Stylebender on Saturday. That's the only way. Okay. But tell me this. You can't tell me that Izzy doesn't know that he knows that's how he has to win. You know what I'm saying? I'm glad you asked that question because that's what I was going to get into when I was going to give my assessment of Adesanya. And I started with Marvin Vittori first for a reason. Um, I think Israel's a, a minus 265 favorite in this one. And here's the reason why I believe that that's a true. I would be willing to put a lot on Izzy just to straight up win. Here's why. There's a lot of guys in the division that have good wrestling credentials, but it, he Izzy is tough. to just straight up wrestle with it. Um, and he does it in a cage. That's easy, Shaq. Middle of a cage. It's harder for him to get back up. And that's one thing Marvin did do in the first fight. Keep him on his back for a decent amount of time in the middle of the cage. However, in order to get to the middle of the cage, you got to go through some fire. That's why most of the time you see takedowns, it's all against the fence. And most knockouts happen when guys go for that middle of the cage wrestling. Because you have more space and more opportunity to do flying knees, head kicks, uppercuts. You can see it coming more when it's at range. But when you're up against the fence and you can only go through your opponent or your back's against the wall, that's where takedowns happen a little bit easier. I, I really see... Um, I, know, I know Israel is going to be prepared for wrestling now, given the fact that he just lost mm-hmm. from wrestling. He's the kind of guy that's not going to just let... He, unlike Kevin Holland... Izzy is super dedicated to his craft. If he's weak in an area, he'll work on it immediately. And I think he already did that. I think he was working out with a bunch of wrestlers, and at least um, he's had some in camp. So it's gonna be interesting. I I I, I like Stylebender for sure in this one. I think, and I think him having a point to prove. And this being kind of a grudge match, this fight will, I think, I see it being very, very similar to the Paulo Costa fight. I think this one's going to be worse. I think he's yeah. going to really try to take out Vittori to prove a point because he just lost and he wants to prove a point. Yep. So if he does that, we might see the best style bender ever, honestly, just because, like, okay. They know my weakness, so let me prove a point. He might actually like try and let him to like get a takedown, stuff it. Hopefully, he doesn't get taken down in the middle of the cage. If he does, he's gonna want to prove a point that he could get back up. So he might do something crazy to get up. Who knows? We might see something spectacular in the middle of the cage if he gets scooped in the middle, you know. But I just don't see Vittori winning at all. I really don't. I really don't. He's like not by a finish. 
The only way he wins is if he could control Izzy for five rounds somehow. But I don't see it happening. What? So, you know, I, the last time we talked about this fight, I was honest with y'all and I was like, I just can't get myself hyped up for this fight. I was like, it doesn't seem like it's going to be, in my opinion, that competitive to me. I know that the first fight, and I, I did my research, I went back after I d- talked all that shit, and I rewatched the first fight, and I watched some of their other fights, and I just, Style Bender shows improvement in every single one of his fights. Vittori has been close to the same fighter this whole time. And I just don't, I don't think that he has leveled up enough or as much as Izzy did. And Izzy, yeah, last time he got gra- out grappled, he got pinned down. But he also got pinned down by a guy that was probably, what, 30, 40 pounds over him? So, I mean, at the end of the day, uh, Jan was probably weighing somewhere around 220, 230. Yeah. And so, I, I, I really don't see it being that spectacular a fight. I see Adesanya just trying to pick him apart. He might be a little weary about getting taken down, but like Mosey was saying, I'm pretty sure... He's worked on his takedown defense even more, and it wasn't that bad at middleweight before. So, I I'm still not that excited for this fight. I'll watch it, and I'm hopefully I'm hoping I'm going to be surprised. But I just see probably a TKO win in the third round for Izzy. Now I haven't given like um my prediction on this yet. Um, or did I? I, I, I think I try to hold it back, but if I did, then um, I'll say it again. I, I feel I thought going into this fight um, that Vittori, his his I, I agree that Mo, with Mo that Vittori's path to victory lies heavily in him being able to control Izzy in the middle of the cage with wrestling. I don't know if he can do it for five rounds. That's why I don't think it's um. He can he can actually pull it off. I'll be surprised if he can, but I, don't, I just don't see that happening. What I do see happening though, Vittori is very hittable. That's one thing that he has going against him. Stylebender in the first fight, we know Stylebender can go the distance. He's been in a lot of five round fights. He's been in some five round dog fights, um, and we saw he can dig deep, even if he's beat up and hurt. And still put guys away late. Um, we saw that in the Calvin Gaslam fight. Marvin hasn't—he's never been there, so we don't know if he can do it. We don't know. We don't, there's a lot of there's a lot more questions with Marvin. Like, can he keep that pace? Because we've seen him gassing through round fights, and the kind of fight that's going to take to beat Izzy with his skill set is legitimately the most taxing style there is. Like that's the kind, that's what gives guys like Kamaru Usman, DC, Kobe Covington, um, all those guys who can wrestle five hard rounds and still be able to be active. That's what gives them that high pedigree of uh, 
fighter. I mean, it gives them that high, like they have that such high level of ability because most guys can't do that. They can't, they can't even keep up. If you can do that, I don't know if Marvin has that. And my question is, how will he approach this? Will he approach this in that mentality that Whitaker had? Where he's like, all right, well, I got to just make this a, a fucking dogfight early. Come out swinging, force Izzy into mistakes, and catch him with something. Because that's how Calvin Gaslam was able to hurt Izzy. And make that fight a dogfight for five rounds. If Is that his mentality? Or is his mentality, I got to basically wrestle fuck him. Take, take down, take down. I'm the Italian Khabib. Is that his? Is that his mentality? I don't know. I don't know which because they, they were both very mum about what they're gonna do to each other, and I think and Marvin's super confident in whatever he's gonna do. Yeah, he's, he's very I, arrogant. Very arrogant. Right. Mm-hmm. He he believes in whatever he thinks is gonna win. I don't know if um, he's gonna come out blazing like he did against Jack Hermanson and try to make this a dirty. Uh, war like a uh, a slugfest. If that's the case, he's getting knocked out early. I I, mm-hmm. I feel like he'll get TKO in the second if he's coming out blazing like Whitaker did. If he comes out with the wrestling, he, he can. I, I see another chance of him getting just like knee in the knee in the stomach, knee in the chest, knee in the face, and hurt and finished. So I don't see that many past the victory for is for uh, Marvin. I'm taking Izzy here, and I'm. I, I think this will be a probably. This is one of those where you take the champ and you bet as much as you comfortably can afford. Because I feel like if you are a betting person, this is a good fight. Where this is a good matchup for you in taking the favorite, even though he's a minus two eighty um uh, favorite. It's still a fight where he's a he's a heavy favorite for a reason, and everything kind of lines up for him. This being a long a long five round fight, he also has he has experience versus this guy already, and they already fought. And he's already won, um, and it, it wasn't a drag out knockout win for him. So you win rematches. The guy who won dramatically. Is usually at a little bit of a disadvantage because the other guy has so much to prove, and you have so much confidence that you already fucked this guy up. I.e., Francis Ngannou versus Stipe, where Stipe completely wiped the floor with Ngannou in the first fight. So Ngannou has a lot of men, like a lot of motivation to want to prove that he can at least compete. When the fight's close and the other guy thinks he won which Marvin thinks he won, even though the fight was close. The guy who won that fight has a lot to prove as well. Because he, he, he has a, now he has to go, okay, you thought you won, and you thought it was close. I was actually toying with you. I thought I had, had you beat, and I coasted. Now I'm not going to coast. Now I'm just going to fuck you up. That's how I see this going. And I'm taking Izzy. And I, I'm taking Izzy for a large amount. So, you got my prediction. I got Izzy by, I got Izzy by TKO. I don't know when because Marvin is tough as fuck. He he can take some shots. 
that's one thing we lo- learned. We saw him get rocked and emergency wrestle versus uh, Kevin Holland, and he was able to get takedowns, but Kevin has no takedown defense. <laughs> his wrestling's pretty bad. Um, Izzy's wrestling's better. I mean, his takedown defense is at least better. His grappling defense in the middle of the cage is suspect. So that, that leads me to think that this fight could go a little bit longer than expected, even if he hurts Marvin and doesn't knock him out. He might be able to just hold him down and, you know, make the fight long until the championship rounds. And then that's, I have no idea after that. So, my prediction, Izzy, TKO. I'm just going to say TKO. Don't know when. Because I don't know how Marvin's going to come out in this fight. I don't know what his mentality is going to be. Is he going to be a berserker? Or is he the Italian Khabib? The Italian Khabib. I like that. I think he comes out a little aggressive, so I'll stick with my third round TKO for Izzy. I'm just going Izzy winner. Period. So we got to... I mean, it's an Ashy Knuckles unanimous for the main event. Um, I think we all... Did anybody pick um, Nate? I'm I think that we predicted Nate. that one. I'm leaning towards Nate. I'm leaning towards Nate. Eric, so most you lean Nate? How yeah. do you see Nate win this fight, man? Versus Leon Edwards. Uh, decision. Decision? Okay. Decision. And I don't, I, that's possible. That's very possible. Especially if Leon wilts of the under pressure, because you know Nate can just he can go forever. He can go all, all yeah. He will never he will yep. get tired. Um, he, he runs marathons by athlete, bro. Mm-hmm. What do you see? What do you, what, how, do you, how do you see it? Do you, what do you predict? Um, for that one, for Leon versus Nate. What I want Mark. to happen, or what I think is going to happen, both. <laughs> What I want to happen is Nate to get in his face and just slowly increase his pace through all five rounds and just piece up Leon Edwards. I, I want I want Nate to win this fight. I don't know why. I have no good reason why. And it would do really nothing for the division, period. <laughs> but I want it to happen. I just do, because I love Nate Diaz that much. But... I see Leon Edwards winning by decision, just piecing him up. I think it'll probably be somewhere like four rounds to one. Holy shit. It can happen. Well, it can happen. I'm yeah. just going with Nate. I'm, I'm going to go with Nate. So we got um, Long Live Nancy. Let's get it out. Yeah, I'm going for Nate all day. All right. I'm I'm definitely leaning Leon in this one. Um, I'm like I said before. I I just I just think he's the, I think he's the next best uh, guy in the division outside of the champion. And in order for him to prove that, he definitely has to get rid of a guy like Nate um, decisively, in my opinion, to stake his claim for any kind of title shots. Um, you can't get a title shot off of a eye poke DQ or eye poke no contest. However, if you finish a fan favorite and get on the mic, get saucy, 
that's one way ticket to a uh, title shot. You can definitely get it there. So he has all the motivation in the world to get that rematch with Usman if he can take care of business and handle the mic duties. And I think uh, he'll get it done. As far as the the uh, the second the other the co-main event title mm-hmm. fight, I I see I still I stick to my guns. I see Brandon um, Marino just being a little bit overwhelmed by Davidson and Davidson retaining the title. Although I am going to sprinkle in a little bit of magic and pick Marino. As far as my picks are concerned. You're gonna make an investment. That's what you're saying. You're gonna make an investment. A small little, a small little, little nugget on Reno specifically by knockout. Just in if case the numbers, if the numbers are right, if it's like plus two thousand or something like that, I'm going for it, bro. I got. Three I'll three take. Uh, I'll bet. I'll bet hundred to one at that. Two two G's. That is. Uh, that's fair. Yeah. Just. I mean. Just in case, because I feel like uh, by the end of the night, I'll be in good shape because I'm definitely taking Izzy for a lot and I think he's going to win. Uh, or that might save me if Marino gets a knockout and my Izzy bet doesn't work. <laughs> <laughs> so we'll see. I'm excited. This is, I'm, like I said before, and they, and I'll say, this, is a, this is a good card. It's a lot of really good matchups, a lot of rematches. Um, and I think this card is one of those cards that from start to finish there's going to be like fireworks. All right, so you guys ready to call it? Yeah. This is a good time. Good time. As good time as any. Good time. All right, guys. Zip it up. Zip it up. And out. zip it out. La, 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 la,